listening to Policing Matters on PoliceOne.com. I'm your host, Jim Dudley. Hey, welcome back. And imagine this, a barricaded suspect possibly armed inside his own home. It may be booby-trapped. There may be hostages. We just don't know. And then after a shot is fired, the decision to send someone inside, or should we say something, is made so who's going to volunteer to be first through the door well we are getting some interesting technology to help us in situations when our only options are either to wait and lay siege or send in officers maybe to face a dangerous situation where the suspect has the advantage well today we are hearing from a returning guest, Don Redmond, retired Chula Vista PD captain and forerunner to the drone program there. Welcome, Don. And then we also have uh, with us CEO and founder of Brink, Blake Resnick, CEO and founder, uh, and the drone technology company. Blake, I've I've been on your website. Really cool. I see your workbench. I want to make mine look like yours. Uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Um, I'm yeah, very excited to be here. Yeah, so I, I we're gonna drop your your link in the show notes and some more background on you and Don for for our listeners. Uh, I encourage them to check out the site. You've got some really cool law enforcement technology. Uh, I read that you created a fusion reactor in your garage. What's your background and and how'd you get into law enforcement? Yeah, I know that one freaked out the neighbors pretty bad. Um, I had a good time though, so I think I think worth it. Uh, it was doing deuterium deuterium fusion, so it was basically this this big vacuum chamber that was uh, backfilled with deuterium gas, which I couldn't get at the time because I was like thirteen or fourteen. Um, but I could get heavy water, which I did electrolysis on, and then collected deuterium for my nuclear fuel. Uh, and then, yeah, so sort of the way it worked was through um, what's called like electrostatic acceleration. So uh, there was a center tungsten grid that was charged to like negative 40,000 volts. Uh, and then an outer grid, which was sort of held at a ground potential that fuses all of the uh, all the gas inside the chamber, creates something called deuterons. And then those are charged. So they're accelerated up to like almost relativistic speeds and then smashed into each other. And that's kind of what causes the, the fusion events. So yeah, that was, that was a really good time. Um, sort of my, 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 my formal, formal training in engineering was also kind of strange. Um, I worked at McLaren automotive when I was 14. Uh, so I think I was their youngest ever engineering intern, uh, worked on parts of the 720S brake cooling system. Um, then went over to Tesla Motors, where I worked on battery technology, controls engineering. Uh, also briefly met Elon, so kind of life goal fulfilled uh, with that. Um, and then most recently, I worked under the VP of R&D over at DJI, so world's largest drone company by, by far. Um, yeah, did, did the fusion reactor project, a couple other kind of similar projects and, you know, nuclear physics and aerospace. Uh, ended up dropping out of school with uh, a Teal Fellowship. So this this billionaire paid me like 100K to drop out uh, and then started working on, on Brink. So yeah, that's kind of my 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 personal history uh, prior to the company. Yeah, so Brink is about drones and, and some other technology. 
Was there any catalyst to get you into the law enforcement field or aspect? Yeah, very much so. So uh, I I was I was working on a couple different drone projects, um, and then October one happened in um, you know in my hometown. I grew up in Vegas. It's actually where I'm calling in from today. Um, I uh, I knew a lot of people that were directly affected by that event, and and you're talking that, about the the Harvest Festival. That's right. Yeah, the the shooting from the Mandalay Bay. Um, and that that is what initially got me thinking, like maybe maybe there's a place for modern technology in the hands of first responders uh, when when dealing with those types of events. Yeah, well, that's a that's a noble um, calling to to you know take what you have and and use your talents towards um, you know saving lives. It's great. Uh, you've got something out, uh, something breaking the lemur, lemur two. What's what's that about? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, kind of the the way the way any of this came about was, you know, October 1 happened. Um I ended up cold calling the SWAT team who surprisingly agreed to meet with me when I was 17 or 18, but they did and very grateful for that. Uh we met, we talked about October 1, but we also talked about the rest of their job, you know, um hostage situations and uh, barricades and high risk warrant searches and, you know, all these things that they have to do on, on regular basis. And what I walked away from that thinking is if they just had a tool to get eyes and ears places that would be dangerous to send a person, uh, that that is a capability that would save lives for them regularly. And, uh, I thought, I thought I could build that. So lemur lemur, uh, is, is, is basically exactly what I described. It's something, you know, designed to fly up to a building, break out a pane of glass, fly inside first around the world with like a glass breaker, uh, look around, fly around in GPS denied and zero light conditions, push open interior doors. If it ever crashes and lands on its back, it can flip itself over, take back off and continue a mission. Um, and then when it finds someone, it's also the first drone in the world with a two-way audio system. So you can put on a crisis negotiation team member and use it sort of like a flying cell phone, try to de-escalate the situation. Nice, nice. So yeah, that's that's what Lemur is. And as, as you mentioned, now we also just released Lemur 2, which is all of, all of the sort of critical features of Lemur, plus a lot of much more advanced software and autonomy. So mm -hmm. this time it has a full position hold function, take your hands off the sticks. The drone will just kind of stay parked midair that works in zero light and GPS denied conditions, which we're proud of as it's flying around, it's generating a full 3d point cloud. So it's making a 3d model of the space, which can then be exported on a handheld controller as a 2d floor plan. So you can see exactly what you're about to walk into before you make entry into the structure. Um, it has a mesh networking feature now. So if you're dealing with a large commercial building, really hard to get signal from one end all the way through to the other, just through a lot of concrete. Now drones act as signal repeaters. So you can send in one, you know, a third of the way through the building, and then that'll act as a network coverage expander. So you can send in another drone even further that works in, in zero light very well. Uh, also, uh, or... Yeah, I mean, in, in any any types of conditions underground, for example, uh, and yeah, lots lots of other stuff that's really just scratching the surface. Yeah, so I mean, what's really fascinating is the ability to get the three D mapping. Uh, I think about you know some of the systems that we have um, post um, uh, 
crime scene where we could set up a, a 3D um, plotter in the middle of the room and it'll give us all the, the outline. Did you steal that from Prometheus uh, where the guy throws <laughs> the two the drones up in the air and then plots out the whole spaceship? You know, actually kind of. Um, yeah, I, I, we we actually watched that when uh, we were first designing the system uh, in the engineering team, and we we talked about it with marketing and stuff as well. Uh, it's 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 actually a great visualization of basically what we built. It's pretty similar. Yeah. Um, I would say though, we we weren't even sure when we first started developing the product we were going to expose that to users because we just we needed the point cloud ourselves in order to do position hold. We needed it also for obstacle avoidance functions uh, to kind of teach the drone what's around it. So it's it's ultimately just a very practical sensor to, to help teach the drone where it is, how it's moving, and what's nearby. But once we started visualizing the data that was coming out of it, we were like, wow, this could really be useful to our end users too. Especially, I'd say, in 2D mode, because... With that, you're just seeing a floor plan. You're seeing rooms, you're still seeing walls, like all of that is totally exposed. Uh, so we thought it could be really helpful for, you know, for planning missions, for example, before, you know, before operators might have to make entry. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I recall our own SWAT teams literally using blue tape or duct tape to, to map out how they would go through room to room. Really good um, function there. Um, what are the challenges? What were the challenges you came up against? Did you did you research what a drone might encounter in an, an environment that might be hostile, right? So there's a guy inside. If I'm a bad guy and the drone comes in, my first move is to grab something and throw at it or maybe yep. shoot at it. Yeah, I mean, I ultimately, I, I went on call for, for six months. So... After that first meeting with with Vegas Metro, um, I went back to my my garage, engineered like the first version of Lemur, went showed that off to them. They did not like it uh, at all, and <laughs> sort of explained to me why it was wrong. Uh, actually, it's funny you mentioned that. At one point, one of the SWAT operators grabbed a towel, walked up to the drone that was hovering in front of this entire crowd slapped it out of the sky through the thing of the props and explained to me that this was going to happen in the first five minutes of our first walk call out. So yeah, they, they definitely, they definitely articulated that. Um, so uh, that didn't go great, but they kind of talked me through what had to be upgraded. So I, I went back to my garage, uh, more actually my mom's kitchen at this time. She also didn't like, but uh, we, we lived with it for a while. Um, totally re-engineered re the drone, showed off that version of the team. This time they were like, this is better. Uh, we'd love to test it on submissions. And, you know, you've been decent to work with. So if you're interested, we'd love to invite you out to, to come with us on some of those. So uh, I signed a ride-along waiver. Um, and for the next six months, uh, would basically call out with, with Metro, you know, Vegas Metro SWAT. And more more so than anywhere else, I would say that's where the product was actually developed, like paying close attention to where things worked and where it went well, but even closer attention to where things didn't work. And then, you know, re-engineering those subsystems so they would on, on the next mission. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I just I just kind of lived it with them, which was critical because they're they're I mean, they are really hostile, challenging environments, you know. They're hoarder houses almost all the time, trash up to your knees. 
uh, you know, people hide in these really tight, confined areas and attics all of the time. I didn't realize that. There are always zero light conditions. Frequently, you have to get signals through, you know, many dozens of walls. There, uh, yeah, there, there are a lot of challenges. So that was was really an education. Nice. Okay. Hey, Don, you've been flying drones for a while now. I uh, started in Chula Vista. What did you see in a drone that has finally come to fruition here with with Brink and and the Lemur? Yeah, it's it's amazing to see how uh, technology has improved the way that we're responding to calls for service. So, you know, I was on the SWAT team for for a number of years, and I remember the days of you know kicking in the doors and and going in and and being the first one. To your point, being the first one through the door and not knowing what's on the other side. Um, you know, and slowly through tactics, we backed out and, you know, did the surround and call out, but then it, it's a waiting game, right? Do we even know if they're in there? They're not picking up the phone. At some point, we still have to go into that that residence or that building, not knowing what's on the other side of the door. What's really fascinating is the lemur, right? The, what what um, Blake and his team, when I was at Chula Vista and saw what um, you know, Brink had done with the Lemur S to be able to allow first responders to, from a safe distance, be able to enter that residence. And not only the safety for first responders, but the safety for the community, right? We've seen and we've heard the national tragedies throughout the throughout the country of, you know, SWAT members getting shot or community members getting shot. Is there another way to reimagine how we respond to these calls? And that's what the, the Lemur S and now the Lemur 2 provides us. Safety for first responders and safety for the community. Yeah, and in Chula Vista, you had the ability to send the drone out ahead of uh, teams or, or an officer in a suspicious situation. And, and now you have a lot more functionality. Yeah, we've seen um, the regressions of drones, you know, from the overwatch of drone as a first responder to be able to get out there ahead of time, see what's, you know, doing the overwatch. And then you have the, the tactical drone deployments where you're able to just fly around a building and maybe look in the windows if you're if you're on a on a call out or surround out. But then to have the ability now to put a glass breaker on a drone, fly it up to the window, break the the, the window, you know, and if, you know, the, the drone should, you know, ha have something happen to it and it falls to the ground flip it over and immediately get back up and fly indoors but then to have a you know flying cell phone to be able to not just see the person but to be able to communicate with them to be able to give them directions as to you know why why we're there and what we want of them and that we can resolve it peacefully the lemur is live it's in the field now so to speak so what have you heard back from actual incidents yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm happy to to take that to start, and then Don, if if you'd like to share anything else, please please do. Um, so yeah, I mean, at, at this point, we work with around 400 public safety agencies in the U.S. and and world, um, and we've done many many thousands, perhaps tens of thousands of of missions at this point. Um, so uh, this this thing is has really has really seen some service at this point. Um, I would say. You know, I'll, I'll maybe leave it up to Don to share some of the uh, sort of tactical missions that we've accomplished. But what what we've noticed after deploying this for a while is it's incredibly useful in, in tactical situations, but also very useful in a wide array of other public safety missions. So, for example, it was deployed during the Surfside condominium collapse when half of that structure initially came down. 
uh, one half of the condo was still standing, uh, which was a major threat to first responders on the ground looking for survivors in the rubble pile. So we were able to take Lemur S, fly it underground that section of building, have structural engineers viewing the live video feed in a virtual reality headset, uh, calling out to a pilot, you know, I want to look at this column, I want to look at that column. And the data that we collected uh, actually in par partially informed their decision to do a controlled demolition of that still standing portion of the building. So that was one. Um, we donated over 50 airframes to Ukrainian uh, first responders to help deal with, you know, apartment buildings that were hit by cruise missiles. And uh, just this week, we've actually had personnel and equipment in Turkey. Uh, looking for survivors and um, I, IDing bodies and trying to assess the stability of still standing, you know, still standing buildings um, over there in, in response to that massive earthquake. So uh, there, there are a lot of missions where this ultimately makes sense. Yeah, and and to benefit more than than law enforcement, but the other public safety aspects as well. Yeah, no doubt. I don't know, Don. You have any good stories of? Uh, of lemur deployments and, and tactical situations you've heard recently? Yeah, there's there's a lot of um, as Blake said, a lot of tactical teams that are using them. I don't want to I don't want to say specifically which agencies, um, but um, I've seen videos of uh, a SWAT team that really just tore tore the a house apart, trying to have a subject come out who was armed. Um, they were surrounding for for hours, and they ultimately sent the the drone in. Um, and as Blake said earlier, that you know these these, these residents usually are not these well kept houses. There's there's a lot of material and debris and everything. But then found the the subject that was sitting in the chair, and um, they were able to to land the drone and then communicate with him successfully to have him come out peacefully. And and these are the ultimate. Um, you know, the outcomes that we want in, in public safety, to be able to communicate with somebody for a successful, you know, resolution to have them come out voluntarily, as opposed to us going in and getting them. I heard of a, a one agency was able to, to use it successfully in a tent. Um, there was a, a homeless encampment and uh, they were able to fly it into the tent and make sure that the, the, the person, um, you know, was safe to go in there and, and, and make entry. And the benefits, you know, the Lemur S is an outstanding platform, but the Lemur 2 is now a leap in, in technology um, for our first responders. And we listen very much to our first responders as to what do they want? You know, where, where are areas of improvement? And, you know, with the new camera, we have a gimbal now that the camera can look up and down where before we didn't have that, that ability. It is much easier to fly the drone, especially with position hold, um, thermal capabilities. It, it's, um, I, I think our, our customers and, and public safety is really going to like um, the, the new Lemur 2 even more than the, the Lemur S. And I know, as, as Blake said, and, and, and you said earlier, the idea of having a mapping software as it's flying through there to be look, look you know, uh, for tactical teams be able to use before they go in there. And, and I know a number of tactical teams, my team um, specifically also, where, uh, you know, if there was an apartment building, we would be knocking on the door to another apartment, you know, just seeing what the layout was. And can we walk through your apartment to see what this apartment looks like compared to the one that we're at? Now we have the ability to, to do that in, in, in real time. And even, even if you can get the records or, uh, you know, floor plans from, from the city or looking on Zillow, you know, how often are those accurate or have, you know, the building been modified after the fact, uh, you know, it, 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 ha it happens enough. So with this, they're, they're generated. It's actual, it's actual ground truth. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I could think of you know some other applications while you're talking about um, you know evacuation. Say, say you, there's a fire spreading or something. If you could send the drone through with a maybe a program message to evacuate, it would just really decrease the number of. Uh, law enforcement officers going knocking on door to door. I mean, eventually they're going to actually have to clear it, but at least you get that first pass through with the message, probably through multiple languages at some point. Uh, de-escalation, so huge in, in law enforcement today. And I could see every situation, Don, you know, every situation is so um, you know unique. If all things were in place, I could see the drone uh, taking the place of officers on an inner perimeter, moving them back and and dealing with the drone rather than forcing an issue where where you may have to, uh, you know, neutralize the the suspect. Yeah, I mean, we, we've heard the national message that, you know, public safety, law enforcement, we need to reimagine police response, right? The idea of, um, you know, the community expects us to de-escalate, to, to have time and distance, and, and we have the ability with technology to, to do that from a safe distance to keep first responders safe, as I said earlier, but more importantly, just to, and to, to keep the community safe, that, that um, you know, officers... Um, and public safety has all of the pertinent real-time information that they need to make informed decisions. And that's what um, our drones, the, the Lemur S and now the Lemur 2 is providing. Mm-hmm. That's great. Hey, you know, this is a little off topic, but uh, Blake, you may have heard that uh, there was a controversy in San Francisco, uh, where I'm from, my old department, and uh, <laughs> blew me, blew my mind, but they got approval from the uh, legislative bodies there to arm an EOD robot, a bomb robot with a bomb. So in a situation where you may have an armed suspect to deliver an explosive capability on that suspect. Of course, a few days later after the the media you know, criticism, they rolled it back and said, well, okay, maybe not so fast. They're going to look at it again at some point, but we do not have the capability of delivering uh, a, a live munition to a, a suspect. Do you, do you ever see that kind of application of delivering gas or even a lethal, uh, a less lethal uh, weapon or even, you know, lethality at some point? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think the challenge with that is it just, it just opens Pandora's box. Um, I think, I think we're better off with that being a human decision uh, for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's my take. Uh, I, I think, you know, th- this isn't the first time we've we've heard about that kind of deployment. Though I I, I seem to remember, uh, you know, a similar situation in Dallas where a couple of officers got shot and they they had to send in a, a robot with an explosive charge. And um, it's just, uh, yeah, it's 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 hard it's hard to parse like. The situations where that is, you know, appropriate and could save lives versus cost them unnecessarily. And then, I mean, potential misuse of something like that could be very bad. Or if it got hacked by some third party, that could also be devastating. So it's just it's just easy to imagine that that going poorly in a lot of a lot of different circumstances. Um I mean, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if we saw it in our lifetimes, far future. But um, I think we're all probably better off with uh, this, you know, really just remaining a, a human decision for 
a very long time. Got it. Don, anything, anything to add on that? Um, you know, like Blake said, that's, it's a slippery slope, right? You know, drones and, and it's, it's something that we and in, in public safety really needs, need to be transparent and work with our community ahead of time, right? To, to be, you know, in, in the situation in, in Dallas, five officers were murdered. Um, you know, it wasn't just one person making that decision. They, they, he ran it up through the chain of command. Um, but ultimately, you know, we, we know what the outcome was. Um, I think police, police agencies, and I found this in, in my career, um, where we were successful is you really have to work with your community. You have to understand what their expectations are of you as, as the public servant, right, in, in community um, policing. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a tough situation, uh, and it is definitely a slippery slope, but it's something that we really need to think out you know, long and hard and have a lot of people thinking about what is the, the, the outcome that we want here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think on the other end of the spectrum, the development of the lemur gives the ability to see what's going on inside maybe a, a hot zone where you still have uh, an armed suspect, but gets us to be able to see better where we can get to survivors, maybe people that are bleeding out that otherwise wouldn't survive unless we got in quickly. So great application there. And uh, Blake, I think you're well on your way to mission accomplished to what you set out uh, when you thought about the Harvest Festival in, in Las Vegas and, and the application there. Good job. No, I, I, I really appreciate it. I mean, it's, it's just been an honor serving this community and it's, uh, you know, it's work that really matters and have, you know, has life or death implications. And uh, I just feel very grateful to be in a position where we can, you know, do something to help in some small way. Yeah, well, thanks. I mean, law enforcement's been behind the curve in technology for so many years, and it's great to see the contribute the contributions by people like you with the you know, with the knowledge, um, and then applying it to uh, public safety practices. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks both of you for uh, jumping on and sharing, and we can't wait to see. We're going to drop the the links in the show notes so our listeners can check it out. And um, thanks. Where, where are you guys going to be? Where, where else can we see the, the Brink technology? Yeah. I mean, pretty, pretty much every major public safety trade show um, where we're, we're all over the place. And if, if anyone's interested in, in seeing a more personalized demo of our technology, maybe at their sites, uh, we are very happy to fly out and, and show you what we've built in person. So you can just go to brinkdrones.com and request a demo and uh, we'd be happy to meet with you. Oh, very cool. Yeah, a uh, friend of mine, Jason Potts, just took over in Las Vegas and I'm sure he'll be knocking on your door real soon. <laughs> okay, we can't wait. All right. Hey, thanks, guys. Take good care and uh, and appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, Jim. All right. Hey, to our listeners, hope you enjoyed the show. Check out the links. Uh, and if you're going to any of the, the shows, the, the SHOT Show or 
IACP or an FBINA or SWAT show, get there and check out uh, Brink, run it for yourself and uh, let us know what you think. If, you've, if you're using one at your agency, uh, drop me a line at policingmatters at police1.com. That's policingmatters at police1.com. Hey, thanks for listening. Stay safe. Hope to check in again with you real soon.